Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. 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 The pastors told me to take all the time I need, and I'll try to just do exactly what the Lord wants us to do. No less, no more. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Thank the Lord. I'm glad I'm an old-timey Baptist preacher. Say something about baptism before I bring the go to First Samuel 17. Last night in our service where I was, and I just feel like mentioning this. It's, well, I feel led to mention it. I'm glad I'm an old timey Baptist. And last night in our service down in Landrum or up in Landrum. I said, aren't you glad God gave Jesus a Matthew 3 before he had to go into Matthew 4? Matthew 4, he had to go encounter Satan. But God opened up the heavens in Matthew 3 and poured the Holy Ghost on him first. And he'll always give you the Holy, enough Holy Spirit. I need to say that better. I need to say that better. That wasn't a good way to say it. He'll always give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That word enough wasn't accurate. He'll always give you, he'll always pour out from heaven what you need. Yes. Knowing what's in the next chapter. Amen. Amen. And that, uh, that wasn't in my text last night, but it worked its way in there, and the Lord showed us that. He was fixing the, oh, phew, whew, whew. it's dangerous around here. Man. <laughs> these, happy, these happy bubbles in here are big enough to blow your gizzard over on top of your liver, you know. <laughs> Brother Ben was there. This is one of our missionaries to Albania. Uh, we have, about 10 years ago, God led me to start a work in Eastern Europe. We have missionaries in Albania right now, and we have several more on the way. This, this is Ben Manley. I want y'all to meet him and help him. He's over halfway ready. I want y'all to help him get over there. He's one of our missionaries. He was there last night. And uh, ain't you glad that God opens up heaven on you right before he opens up hell on you. These meetings are not silly. We're mocked. We're mocked for how we do. We're mocked by people supposed to know better. I don't mind being mocked by the world, but it, it hurts when you're mocked by our own. And they're supposed, they're supposed to know better. And this is not shallow. And, and this is not emotional. It gets emotional, but it ain't emotional-ism. This ain't an ism. It's emotional but it ain't a ism. 
I know what a ism is. You can smell a ism when it gets on the property. You know that's right. You can smell a ism. You can smell it on somebody when they got a ism. This ain't. This is emotional. But it ain't a ism. This is God pouring out His Holy Spirit on His people. And I just felt led. This needs to be in the body in these hours. Learn from an older man. Ain't you glad Paul gave us the proper perspective on our baptism? He said, Christ sent me not to baptize. That's the apostle to the Gentiles. Quite relevant to us. Church age. For Christ sent me not to baptize. And in the same breath, he told us that he baptized some of them. So in one breath, he let us know that it's the right thing, but you better make sure you know what the main thing is. And we need to expand on that just a minute. That water baptism is obedience, but it's pointing to a spiritual baptism. Now here's what the old man taught me, and that was respectful. The elder man of God taught me the other day. Did not your New Testament call 1 Corinthians 10? Moses in the sea, the cloud, and they were all baptized. And the water never touched them. Noah, 1 Peter 4, I think, Brother Ben. Noah and the ark, and 1 Peter 4 called it a baptism, yes. and water never touched them. Yes, amen. Amen. Yes. Y'all ain't helping me. Woo! You reckon there's a spiritual baptism going on? And them and, and our formal brethren, and I'm not they're not my enemy, but my they're just missing out on all the whipped cream and strawberries, you know. What in the world? All they ever get to eat is spinach and carrots. You can have dessert, it ain't gonna you don't have, you never have spiritual diabetes. You don't ever have it. Our formal brethren, they stop with that. With the Spirit baptizing you into the body, 1 Corinthians 12. They go right there and then they slam the door shut. Scares them to death to go any further. Yeah. Amen. You ain't got nothing here. He doesn't need more all of you. Oh, hush. That ain't a verse in the Bible. Quit quoting men. Give me a Bible verse. Yeah. You ain't need more of you. That ain't in the Bible. That's a bumper sticker. It ain't a Bible verse. I'm sick of bumper stickers. Amen. Yes. It's all Calvinist guys, little bumper stickers. Yeah. They can't quote a verse without having to run away from it. Yeah. Calvinists quote a verse. He's got to get out of there quick. He's got to get out of that chapter quick because that chapter never supports his verse he cherry-picked. Calvinists got nothing but bumper stickers. Contemporary boys got nothing but bumper stickers. They got cute little quotes. And they live on social media. They don't even believe in the local church. They live on social media. Most of social media is casting your pearls before swine. It just is. I ain't against it. I ain't got none of it. 
My wife's got three of them. I don't even know what they are. I said, only tell me what you think I need to know. <laughs> Y'all quit acting like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> huh? Most of social media is casting your pearls before swine. All of the daughters of our generation are these selfish. And they're giving to the world what was only meant for their husband. And I mean... I mean, if it, it just they're the you know the faces mm-hmm. and the bedroom eyes, they're casting their pearl before swine. Most of you preachers on social media are casting your pearls before swine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, "But I can reach so many people." No, you can't. You ain't reaching them. You're contacting them, but you ain't reaching them. Right. Help me now. Mm. Them contemporary boys—that's all they got—is bumper stickers. They got to quote some cute quote some smart fella quoted somewhere about how all this works. But they ain't got no Bible verses. Amen. Y'all ain't helping me. Amen. All right, baptism. What about that? And, what, and them formal boys shut her down at 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> By one spirit, we're all baptized in one body. That's you getting saved. And the minute they're saved, they don't want no more. Leave them alone. <laughs> Oh, but they ain't going to go in there. I know, thank God, the Holy Spirit's in us, but I like it when the Holy Spirit's on us. Oh, my. I just want to point that out. There's no water involved in some of that. Now, I I believe you ought to baptize people, believers' baptism in water. It's obedience, but it's pointing to something bigger. It's pointing to something bigger. I bless it. Thank you. That needs to be said. He'll pour that Holy Spirit on you right before he turns that hellish Satan on you. First Samuel 17. <clears throat> Amen. Mm, hadn't the Lord been good to us? Just want to preach a message the Lord put in my heart this morning. He's been telling me, so it's been real easy coming up here. He's just telling me. Ain't had to wrestle. Ain't even had to pray. Go to pray about it and he'll say it, say it to me before I ever say anything. Lord, what do you... <laughs> okay, I'll just, get, I'll just get a McDonald's coffee and enjoy the ride. <laughs> Amen. Amen. McDonald's, McDonald's got the best coffee. Hardy's got the best biscuit. Sonic's got the best selection, but Cracker Barrel's where you need to end up. Amen. That's... That ought to be in your church constitution somewhere. (laughs) Burger King, that's just for when you're feeling really different and need a croissant sandwich. (laughs) That's a croissant sandwich. I don't even know. That's that's contemporary. Burger King is contemporary. Hardy's, that's old timey. Amen. That's old timey. But Cracker Barrel, that's where your grandpa's at. That's where we need to be. 1 Samuel 17. I'll be mindful that he's uh, asked Brother Taylor to be ready to preach. I'll be mindful of that. And hadn't the Lord, boy, hadn't the Lord just been so good to us. <clears throat> Four things right here. We don't have to, in a morning service, in these meetings, you don't have to teach Sunday school. You can just lay it out there. These people, you, you've read your Bible before. I want to talk about David. 
and his enemies. There's four of them here. <clears throat> if you would, Brother Sound Man, make me sound a little louder. I, it's just me. I have a I strain sometimes. Thank you. First Samuel 17. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Oh, Lord God, thank you for Jesus. Lord, help me to take <clears throat> just the minutes that you want me to right now, Lord, and help these people. And you got to help me, Lord, and you got to help us. We need it. Lord, this is what you put in my heart. May it come forth, Lord, from thy heart and meet our needs today in our battles. And oh, are we ever in some bloody battles. So Lord, help us and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. All the Lord's people said. <clears throat> now, I want to say <clears throat> three things by way of introducing the th study that God gave me. It's a very simple study that the Lord gave me on David and his enemies. Three things, let me say quickly. In David's life, you see the enemy that tried to kill him in his beginnings when he was a shepherd boy. Y'all are familiar with that. Number two, there's the enemy that tried to kill him in his battles when he was a soldier man. And then thirdly, the last part of David's life, the enemy that tried to kill him in his blessings when he sat on the throne as a sovereign king. And I'm coming to the middle study. The enemy that tried to kill him in his battles as a soldier. And so you and I are in 1 Samuel 17. There's four enemies I want to highlight with the help of God in this passage and see how he handled the enemy. I do need to say this in <clears throat> chapter 17 and it's verse 47 for the battle is the Lord's. <laughs> All right. Now, see, I didn't read that whole verse because every line makes me want to preach for 20 minutes. Amen. Amen. He said, all this assembly shall know. And that's why God lets you go through what you're going through. Other people need to see how good God is. How big God is. How great God is. And then that he don't save with sword and spear. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And, and hey, everybody sitting out there, this is the hardest, this is some of the hardest lessons to learn. People are not our problem. And the people that are giving you problems, they're not the problem. They've allowed themselves to be, but, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. When people hurt you in the ministry, you've got to remember it ain't them. They got their own deal with God and they're going to have to deal with God. It's Satan coming after us. When preachers hurt preachers, we've got to back up. Remember, this thing's bigger than all of us. We have an enemy. It's principalities and powers and rulers and darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. The Lord saveth not with sword and spear. If you could fix any of this, then we would have, somebody would have done fixed it. <laughs> but God works in mysterious ways. We got to trust him. The battle's the Lord's. All right, here they are. Number one, <clears throat> I'm going to give you four A's 
Four A's I often don't outline, but this did. Number one is in verse 28 and 29 when his elder brother came against him. First battle we see David fighting in this chapter. There's an enemy here and it's his brother. Oldest brother got in his face. Y'all ain't helping me. Don't make me teach Sunday school. Y'all got to talk to me. This will go faster if you'll go fast. I said his brother got in his face. There was an enemy there, but it wasn't his brother. And Eliab. Mm, mm. Let me tell you, one of the first battles you're going to have to learn to not fight is your brother. And the first A I'm going to give you this morning, this is very simple, but it'll change our lives if we can ever learn it, is there's an enemy that you got to go around. There's an enemy that you got to go around. There's a big old giant right over there and somebody needs to kill him. But there's a big brother in your face and you're going to have to deal with him right or you'll never get to get over there and kill that giant. Probably the most beautiful Sunday school story. Ain't never been, has there ever been, is there a more popular Sunday school story that's went around the world? Went around the world how many thousands of years? Went around the world telling boys and girls about our great God. And it's the story of David and Goliath. But this chapter very well could have been a chapter that was never mentioned much. And it could have been the story of David and Eliab. What if he'd have stopped and fought his brother? And David and Eliab would have been a chapter that would have went nowhere. Except to dishonor. And then it said he killed his big brother. Or his big brother crippled him. And it's just been a sad story and a bad story. But he had, he had an enemy. And he went around him. And in the ministry there's going to be people getting your face, but they are not who needs to be killed that day. <laughs> and I guarantee you Goliath cursing offended him, but Eliab scolding deeply hurt him. Your brother will hurt you worse than your giant. But you ain't supposed to fight him. That was in front of his other brothers. That was in front of David's heroes, men he looked up to, young men that he looked up to. That's all the army. And his big brother, you're naughty, you're proud. Get back home, little boy, to the few sheep. What about people who try to belittle you? It's in there, y'all, y'all, it's in there. What verse is it? The few sheep. Somebody tell me what verse that is. Huh? 28, those few sheep. Little brother, little boy, go back to your little job. Little babysitter. There's only real men down here. And I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you his oldest brother was probably his hero. 
He probably looked up at him and ain't nobody. All them brothers he had, and he was the oldest and the tallest. He's like, wow, that's my, and his hero. He's humiliating him. That giant offended him, but his brother hurt him. But I'm so glad his tombstone didn't read David and Eliab. The story that marked his life was not David and Eliab. Two brothers fighting each other. His story was David and Goliath. And I want my story not to be that I fought a brother. And who cares who was right or wrong. I don't want my story to be that I fought my brother. I don't want my story to be I fought a church. I don't want my story to be I fought a preacher. I don't want my story to be I fought a group of men, you know, that something turned on us or something, you know. And y'all are in the ministry, the most of you, those of you that are here this morning, you, you're in your ministry. Some of you are church members, but you wouldn't be here in a morning service if you wasn't deeply involved in your ministry. And there'll be enemies that hurt you far worse than the enemies of God. Here's two things. I'm skipping Eliab's verse because look what David said, verse 29. And here's the two things. Here's how you go around. There's two questions you need to present when your brother's in your face. What's the first question? What have I? <laughs> what have I done? And that's the only thing you need to consider. Do you know what all he knew about Eliab? I bet you he knew a lot. That was not a good man. The Lord skipped over him to be the king. And David could have, could have told everybody, okay, you want to humiliate me in front of everybody that matters to me? I'm going to tell them what you are and what you've done. But David said, I don't, what have I now done? And this will help you stay right with God instead of worrying about what other people done, even when they're doing something to you. Just examine yourself. <laughs> Ask yourself, where am I wrong? What have I done here that's not? I'm, that'll help your marriage. That'll help your church. That'll help all the relationships and quit trying to get out of them relationships. God, God made somebody your big brother. You can't go live in a cave. You can't walk away and say, I ain't doing nothing with none of these. I ain't killing a giant or a brother. I'm just going to disappear. Sorry. God put them in your life. God put Esau in Jacob's life. He put Cain in Abel's life. He put Ishmael in Isaac's life. You can't run away from people, places, churches, ministries, and converts and adversaries. You can't run away from them. They're there. We're in the South and there's 10 million plus people who've just quit. They ain't going to kill a giant or a brother. They're just going to go quit. 
Well, don't quit. Just cause a brother's hurting you, the giant still gotta be killed. The giant wants your kids, the giant wants your kin, the giant wants your kingdom, and the giant wants your king. You gotta stay in the battle. Just cause somebody hurt you don't mean you can leave the battle. <laughs> what have I done? You'll only stand at the judgment seat and answer for yourself. Just examine yourself. And the second thing he said, is there not a cause? I ain't gonna fight my brother because there's a greater cause. There's an enemy you go around. Number two in our text, there's an enemy. There's another enemy and that's Goliath. Go to verse 45. Excuse me, I'm gonna blow my nose. Excuse me. And so in verse 45, Here's, oh, I like this. Here's this giant. Here's Goliath. And in verse 45, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, mm, the God of the armies of whom that's fight. This day will the Lord deliver thee. And boy, how do you know what? Look in verse 48, and David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Number two, there is an enemy where you just go ahead. Go ahead. There, there's a time to charge. There's a time to run into the battle. That giant, don't fight your brother, but go kill that giant. You said that giant's big. Kill him anyway. That giant's battered than I am. Kill him anyway. I don't have the abilities to do this. <laughs> Saul tried to give me his armor. Saul tried to give me his advice. He didn't need none of that. Just go ahead. Let me tell you something. When God's put something in front of you and you know you're there to dip, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it'll work out, Brother Long. Just go ahead. Go ahead and take that church. Go ahead and walk into that valley. Go ahead and go ahead and look at that mountain and just climb up there and start swinging. Have no idea how it's going to happen, but it'll happen. Go ahead. So he just go ahead. Just go ahead. An old preacher friend of mine, Brother Rackley, you may have went to school with him. I'll tell you later his name, Precious Man. Same age you and I think he went to school with you. Precious old man of God, pastored up in North Carolina so many years. And he said David was the only man there that day that didn't see a giant. All them other boys have been there for 40 days looking at how big he was. But when David showed up, he's the only man that didn't know there was a giant there. I'm going to say something, and y'all, I don't have to teach Sunday school here, so y'all act like you, you, you help me right here now. Help me, help me now, help me now. Here's, here's the thing. They'd been looking at how big man was for 40 days, but David had been back on a little Judean hill looking at somebody bigger. He'd been picking a harp and watching sheep, and uh, he'd been... He's been writing Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my rock. And when he walked in that valley that day, he didn't see anything big. That's good right there. I think so many times our problem is we're looking at everything but God. 
And if we'd spend our time with God, you wouldn't even know you killed a giant. <laughs> you just killed something that was cussing and something that was dangerous. <laughs> oh, studying the other day, David played that harp. And a feller said in the book of Revelation, over on the other side, there's only two musical instruments. Angels have trumpets and saints have harps. And there ain't nothing else mentioned. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking. I, can't, I probably shouldn't say this out loud because I ain't studied it. But down here, we have trumpets. And angels come by and play harps. But over on the other side, they say, here, we'll take the trumpet business. That's tough business. And you get the harp business. <laughs> I ain't studied that. I may never study that. I don't want to find out that I'm wrong about that. So. If, y'all, if y'all figure out that ain't right, don't call me and tell me. <laughs> David! He had a sword in one hand, a harp in the other. And you better have that. You better have as much worship in you as you have warfare in you. And you better have as much warfare in you as you have worship in you. Yes, amen. That's good. He had a harp and a sling. I said sword, that came later, but he, he had a harp and a sling. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to need both. Yeah. But yeah. use the right one at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> David never fought his own enemies his entire life. He only fought God's. Saul, now I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's all right. Saul became such an enemy, but he wouldn't use his sword on Saul. He used the harp. (laughs) It'd be like, here comes another javelin. If that one gets me, I'm dead. You know what he said about Absalom? You know what he said about Absalom? Let him live. You know what he said about Abishai? Throwing rocks and dirt. Let him curse. You know what he said about Saul when he had him in that cave and his men said, God delivered him until you kill him. He said, let him alone. Let's just get out of this cave, boys. You better use your harp the right time. You better use your sling and your sword at the right time. David's the only one didn't see a giant. He'd been looking at God. And I'm telling y'all, me and you both, that spirit of fear comes natural to us. And the only way you're going to have a spirit of faith is spend more time with God looking at Him than anything else. And that's the only thing that'll give us the faith. And then about Goliath, <clears throat> I learned this from an old preacher named Lester Turner. He went to uh, Israel 38 times. When I heard him tell this, Brother Taylor, I asked Brother Herschel Hicks about it, and he verified it. He believed it and said Mays Jackson taught this, so I ain't pull, plucking this out of thin air. 
Jesus died where? He died up on the hill called Golgotha. And the reason it's called place of a skull, they believe. Maze Jackson taught this and, and three other old men that's been over there multiple times. So the reason believe they named that Golgotha, they named that hill after Goliath the Gath. That's the abbreviation for Golgotha, Goliath the Gath. Because they said that's where David, when he came, <laughs> I just started enjoying my own preaching. Excuse me for a minute. When he cut the head off that giant and went back to Jerusalem and stood up there, a glass sword in one hand, a head in another, they said that's the hill he stood on. That's where he buried the head. And they named that the place of a skull. It was Goliath's skull. And it was Golagatha's buried here. And here's what Lester Turner carried preachers over there 38 different times over 40 years. He said, I can't prove this, Brother Dean. He was an old man. He's dead now. He said, son, I can't prove this, but I ain't trying to. <laughs> he said, I believe that the Messianic prophecy one day that bruises his head. He said, I believe when Calvary's cross went down in the ground that day, he said, I believe it went right down into the place where the giant's head had been buried. <laughs> He said, I can't prove that. He said, the millennial reign will clear that up, I'll tell you. <laughs> and that giant, the seed of the, Satan probably see them giants. Y'all ain't helping me. And the, oh, Lord, and that cross. And then old brother Turner, and it said Mays Jackson believed this too. Said he believed right where that giant's head was buried was right where Adam and Eve had sinned. And it was right where the tree of life had been before it got transplanted. <laughs> You're going to tell me, now I can't prove that, but I ain't trying to. I'm just enjoying it. Amen. <laughs> you tell me that Calvary's cross going to go in a spot and it would make perfect sense. Because that's the tree. Amen, that's good. That's good. Of life. Amen. And, and I can't prove all that. And if it wasn't a morning service, I don't even know if I'd mention it. But y'all are here, so you get the extras. I just know this, that our God's bigger than our Goliath. And whatever he, whatever he puts in front of you, go ahead. You go around that brother, you ain't supposed to kill him. But you go ahead. Tackle that giant, tackle that mountain. Go ahead, Caleb. 80 and 5. Do you know Caleb's mountain? It was the tallest giants that ever recorded the Anakims. And do you know that Caleb's mountain had as many springs on it as he had daughters? He didn't have any sons. <laughs> How'd that old man gonna take that mountain with all them giants? Tell you how. He had a big old go ahead about him. Give me this mountain. I'm gonna leave something for my son in laws. They're all gonna have a spring. Build their home around. Third enemy. There's an enemy we gotta go around. There's an enemy that we just gotta go ahead. Third enemy.
It's down in verse 52 when they're pursuing them Philistines and they're going after them. They're going after them. There's some enemies that we just got to learn to go after. Now here's what I mean. You look at David's life. Now here's a boy right here, young man. Later on, do y'all remember when they anointed David king? The Philistines heard of it and they come to kill him. And remember he went down in the hold and down there to pray and inquired of the Lord. Okay, David had a lifelong tug of war battle with the Philistines. There were times that he went after them. There were times that they came after him. That went back and forth his entire life. And this is difficult for young Christians and young preachers to learn. But it's a good lesson to learn. Don't let it discourage you when there are times you're chasing them. And everybody with you and everybody shouting. And then don't be discouraged that there are seasons in your life when they're chasing you. And they're shouting. And you ain't. There's some things you're going to go after your whole life. And them same things are be your whole life, they're going to come after you. And that's just the way it works. And none of it makes God nervous. There'll be times, there'll be times that you'll be winning and you're not as great as you think you are. And there'll be times it looks like you're losing. And you're not near bad off as you think you are. Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. God arranges these. We're doing real good this year. And we're doing real bad this year. God arranges these things. I've had a thousand people saved. And then I've had a thousand people leave. God arranges these days when you ride into Jerusalem and, they, and the crowds line up and Hosanna, Hosanna. And God arranges the days when the same people come after you and say, crucify, crucify. And them Hosanna days are good and them crucified days are dark, but they're all days that are sent from God. And they're all, and the good days ain't gonna, ain't gonna run you, and the bad days ain't gonna end you. Yes, amen. Yes. And enjoy the days that you and the whole outfit is charging downhill, and the Philistines are running like little nine year old Romanian orphan girls with one arm screaming. Chase them and shout. And then when you're hiding in a rock and they're looking for you to kill you and you can't shout, you can just whisper, God, please help me. (laughs) Understand this. He sends the rain and he sends the sun. He's the one that helps you on the up days. He's the one that's with you on the down days. There's some battles you're going to go after your whole life. And those are seasons. And don't let that throw you. Don't let that discourage you. He just spent his whole life back and forth. (laughs) There are times I yield to the spirit and the flesh loses. 
And I'm sad to report to you that I have to agree with the Apostle Paul in Romans 7. 25 years after being saved like he was saved. That man had done been seen the third heaven. That man had been resurrected. That man had an apostolic anointing. That man had written most of the New Testament. That man had seen revival on every continent that mattered. And he said, I'm having a real problem with my flesh. <laughs> he said, there's things I'm against and that's what I've been doing. And there's things I'm for and I can't never get around to doing it. Oh, y'all pray for me. I'm a wretched man. <laughs> You're going to fight that flesh till the day you get to glory. If you yield, it'll go well. Sometimes there's something wrong in me and it don't yield the right way. And I can't blame that on God or nothing or the devil. That's me. And I got to crawl off some, oh, Lord. <laughs> You're going to fight it. You're going to go after souls. Your whole life. A lot of them's going to go to hell. But a lot of them ain't. <laughs> Amen. You're going to go after revival in your church or in your ministry your whole life. There's some things we're just going to pursue. We got help this week. Now, I've only been here two mornings the way my schedule happened. Revival got extended where I'm at and he was gracious. But uh, I needed this. Oh, y'all don't even know. I've been in some heavy duty. He's put some heavy duty, a heavy duty workload on me. A heavy duty warfare load. More than, more than usual, it seems, for about two months. And, yeah, <laughs> and yesterday morning, <laughs> y'all kept singing number 14. <laughs> y'all kept, and I ain't lying, I ain't making this up. Y'all kept singing about heaven. And the Lord carried me there for a little bit. And everything just all of a sudden like, yeah, okay. It was just, yeah, that's good. <laughs> we'll keep doing what we're doing, bleeding where we're bleeding, yeah. working where we're working, because this is why we're doing it, yeah. for the, what's on the other side. <laughs> and I got so much help. And that pastor that come with me, that tall boy, and that, y'all don't even know. The devil's been trying to kill him and his wife and his babies. I mean, unusual season of severe demonic persecution and he sat right there and God lifted a load off of him. Y'all don't even know. God gave that boy help. He'd been needing six months. God gave him help, a different help than what we've had in our ten nights of revival. Me and him both had to come sit get what we needed for what we're doing back there. But you know what? You know what? This meeting's going to be enough for what we need. Yeah. Next year, going to need it again. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. 
And they make fun of us camp meeting crowd. Oh, y'all got it. Y'all live from meeting to meeting. Yep, don't you? It's called church, yo-yo. It's called not forsaking the assembling because you get exhorted down there. Goofball. Not, not you, sis, or you, sis. That's, I meant it right back this way, not, not the ladies right here. Shouldn't, shouldn't holler goofball at the three precious ladies. It's called church. Yes. Little personal thing, I, this is just me, pet peeve. Bothers me how many pastors don't believe in going to church. That's just me. I ain't being ugly. I'm a five-generation Baptist preacher on both sides. And I understand preachers. And I got a lot of pastors. That if it wasn't for their services, I'm sorry, but the assembling of ourselves together is more than your little regiment. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Amen. And men isolate themselves. And I know pastors that won't go to church when they should. Mm. Oh, they're there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, scolding people because they're empty, they're bitter, and they're just pouring that out. They need to go to church. Mm. We're having church. The Lord's providing church. I personally believe camp meeting is a phenomenon unique to our age because we need much more Holy Spirit because there are much more strong devils on the planet in the last hour right before the second coming. We need more than we've ever needed before because we're facing more than we've ever faced before. And we're going to need it again next year. And we're going to need it again next month. There's some things you just keep going after. Here's the last one, and I'm done. The Lord's got, let's see. Here's the last one. And it's chapter 18, verse 11. Here's Saul. And Saul cast the javelin. Excuse me. And Saul cast the javelin. All right. Y'all know Saul. Now this is the most disturbing and lengthy battle of all. I can go around my brother. He'll hurt me, but I'll get over that by next week. I can go ahead and face that giant. I'm going to learn to go after my enemy, and there's times they're going to be after me. But just keep living long enough and there'll be a time you're after them again. But here's, wow, here's a very complicated matter. And I won't deal a long time with this, but here's King Saul. And he's jealous. And he's on the throne. And he's got this javelin. And he's throwing them. And this resulted in David even having to go live in the wilderness. Earlier I said you can't go live in a cave. That's with your brother. There will be times God puts you in a cave. Just to keep you alive. And this is King Saul. And what you have to do here. 
is you just go anyhow. You go anyhow. <laughs> just keep going. The king's trying to kill you. You're in the wilderness. Just go anyhow. God's anointed you king, but ain't put you on the throne. God anointed you king, you're not on the throne, you're in a cave. God told Joseph, I'm going to take you real high. Stars and the moon bowing down, I'm going to take you real high. But we're going to go real low first. <laughs> And God told David, can I give y'all a little something? If I can even, if I even know where it is. I don't even know if I know where it is. I don't even know if I know where it is. I forgot where it is. Over in Proverbs, what did David, in Proverbs, he said, oh, I got a new Bible. Don't think I marked it. He's over there talking about a, a, a roaring lion, a ranging bear. Has anybody got a Bible app? Ben, look it up. In Proverbs. I got a new Bible, people. It's an NIV, and I don't know where anything is in it. <laughs> I used to know where it was. Huh? 28.15. Thank you. Thank you all for... Thank you for tolerating me there for a minute. Yeah. What's this? It's your morning crowd. I'll be done preaching in four minutes. He hadn't put no time on me, but I want you to know that. Look at this. What's the, is everybody in Proverbs 28.15? Did David not face a lion and a bear? Amen. Yeah. Then did he not face a wicked ruler that was over here? Yeah. Will y'all read Proverbs 28, 50? Did you already read it? Is it making sense to you? As a roaring lion and a ranging bear. Now I wonder where Solomon learned that kind of wisdom. So is a wicked ruler. Over the poor people. Are y'all seeing this? I ain't got time to teach Sunday school. Are y'all connecting the dots in your own head right now? Did David not face a lion and a bear? And, 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 and did he not teach his son Solomon? There's something about a lion and a bear. And it's like a wicked ruler when he's over here. I'm about to run. God taught David what he needed to know when nobody was around with a lion and a bear because there'd be a Saul after him one day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And his son said. And he taught his son Solomon. And Solomon's teaching his son. Yeah. What the granddaddy taught him. Yeah. Amen. Let's throw a little second coming in here. Brother Long. Now I'm ashamed. I just saw this two weeks ago. I maybe should have been studying my Bible the last 30 years. I just saw this. 
I, I just saw this. Let's throw some second coming prophecy in here. Y'all ever heard of another lion and a bear and a wicked ruler? Revelation 13. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea like a leopard and a lion and a bear. And in the next verse, it was a beast that was killed with a wound of the head. There's the lion, the bear, and Goliath. Yeah. And, it's a, and David, and a wicked ruler, which is Saul, it's all a picture of our greater king David going to kill the Antichrist, the beast, the false. Fellas, I only seen that two weeks ago. I, I've been eating Fruit Loops or something. I don't know what's wrong with me. Apologize for not studying i just seen that second coming. I'm slow. It takes me like three decades to pick up on something. Oh, a lion, a bear, and a, and a giant killed with a wound to the head. Huh. Where else did we read that? Revelation 13. The lion, the bear, and the beast killed with a wound to the head. And, I'm, and all that, as I'm just saying... When the spirit of Antichrist and the enemy, the beast, the wicked rulers turn loose on you, know this. You may have to endure great tribulation for a while. I'm a premillennial pre-trib, but I'm talking about in your spiritual life. God may turn the beast loose on you. <laughs> and here come the javelins from the Antichrist. And here comes a ranging bear and a roaring lion and a wicked ruler. Just go anyhow. When everything hell's coming at you, go ahead. Just go anyhow. You may have to live in the wilderness. Isn't it Israel? Mm, okay, brand new, fresh, out of the oven. Whoop, beep, 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 right now. Blue light special come up just now. I wondered how long David had to live in the wilderness. I wonder how long Israel's going to stay in the wilderness in the tribulation, you know, when they got out. <laughs> I just ain't that. Sorry, studying in front of you. Apologize. <laughs> Sorry. If I get up earlier, I could get these things before I preach. <laughs> oh, my. And so there it is. Y'all can go study that. We're living in an hour that the Antichrist is loose on us. Now I know he's a man and he's going to be here, but the spirit of Antichrist is already in the church. Go anyhow. Go anyhow. Javelins, javelins drive you right out of the throne room into the wilderness. And how long you got to live out there is God's business. But he made you a promise way back yonder. And it's going to come to pass. That's the enemies. Our Father, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. God, thank you for Brother Hunt. Thank you for these glory clouds. Thank you that it wasn't false advertisement. Glory clouds. 
Lord, bless the remainder of this service. However you want to help us, in Christ's name. In Christ's name we pray.